I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Andy Staples on 3. 2023 football season is over. Final press conference of the season. Jim Harbaugh, Blake Corum, Will Johnson celebrating Michigan's national title. Pretty much the last official act of the 2023 season, but it is never too early to start talking about 2024. Yes, I know Jesse Simonton on the headline of his top 25 says it's a way too early top 25, but there's no such thing as way too early. We got to start talking about 2024 now, if only because this is the biggest offseason of change the sport has ever seen. Teams are moving to different conferences. The playoffs going to be 12 teams next year. So we got to start talking about who's going to be good. We got to start talking about what we need to be excited about. And Jesse, he got us going. So during the national championship game, drops the top 25 for 2024 are these going to be the correct answers probably not but i think for some teams there's a reason to be very excited for the next nine months that you've you kind of built some momentum to this point and it's time to get really jacked up about what 2024 could be for your team so we're going to talk to jesse about all those teams who didn't make it who he thinks might make it ultimately and also the teams I think he might have a little low because there's a couple there's one especially got a QB I really like I'm cranking up hype trains all season long all off season long because we got roughly eight months before the next college football game but it's gonna go quick because we have a lot to talk about in between now and then. And we have a lot to be excited about. As you will see when Jesse and I start previewing the 2024 season right now. We welcome Jesse Simonton, who is at the Coaches Convention in Nashville. How's everybody, Jesse? How are the polo shirts? Are the, are the head coaches walking through the lobby pretending to be on their phones so 90 people don't come up trying to ask for a job? Well, you know what? A lot of the head coaches are back at, at their schools trying to keep their rosters intact. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, I would say some of the folks here have, have, have played off. The, the, I would call that the Jimbo Fisher. I think that's a classic Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher sometimes would have two phones in both ears. <laughs> um, the, the way He's this talking to recruits, Jesse. The, the way this convention set up in, at the Gaylord, um, there's a lot of different doors for them to go in and out of if they want to sneak in. So it's funny. This is going to be a this is a four day convention this year. It's a little bloated. So I, it's it's been newsy um, behind the scenes, but it, it's been good. It's been worthwhile. Well, I am glad. And, and you dropped a, a hammer during the NCAA <laughs> or well, during the, the the college football playoff title game with the way too early top twenty five. And as I just told the people. We shouldn't call it way too early because it's never too early to talk about the 2024 season. Because I, I don't know about you, Jesse, but I feel like there's so much change coming that we, we need to keep talking about it just to remind ourselves so that we know who's in what conference and how the playoff system works Like when we get into the season so we're not surprised. Because I, I do think there's going to be a lot of casual fans who get to the 2024 season are like, holy crap, what just happened? When it, it, I mean, at first glance, if you and we're gonna we're gonna run through it, I know. But if you take a look first glance at my way too early top twenty five, it is it's like holy hell. You know what's gonna be really fun next season? The Big Twelve and the ACC. They're probably not they're not gonna win the national championship. I think I can say that uh, some twelve months out. But those two conferences have a lot of teams that are gonna be competitive, and it really is a crapshoot. It's just like it's putting a bunch of you know balls in a in a bag 
shaking it up and rolling it out and saying, all right, these are the two numbers that you're going to pick to play for those, you know, each title game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, let's talk about the, the way too early top 25. The top 10, other than Notre Dame, everybody's in the Big Ten and the SEC. Is this what we should expect going forward? That for the most part, the sport is dominated by the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah, and you'll notice who's not on there. Oklahoma, LSU, Tennessee, teams that could, you know, I think nip their way into yeah, one of get- those 10 spots. Absolutely. Um, but I, I think you're right. You and I have talked about this before. I mean, I, I think if you're putting an over-under for the 12-team playoff next season, the SEC probably stands at about four. The Big Ten is maybe at about three and a half. And so when you're talking about maybe seven of the 12 spots, uh, I think this is what that 12-team playoff is going to look like until, Andy, we both know that they kind of come up with some more parameters here, uh, you know, in a year from now. Exactly. So you've got Georgia at number one. And I was watching Twitter as I'm at the national title game, and I saw that Georgia's tight ends coach he uh, tweets out the face palm emoji as he's watching the game. Like, hey, and, and the subtext of that is, hey, if we'd have been there, we could have beaten both these teams. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if they could have beaten Michigan. But I do know that Georgia still feels like the most talented team in America, still feels like the deepest team in America, and they just played the wrong game at the worst possible time in 2023. Well, I think the key for Georgia too, Andy, is that when you look at these 10 teams – uh, in the top 10 that I have, they probably feel the best about their quarterback. I, I know, you know, Texas likes Quinn Ewers, Jackson Dart, Ole Miss, um, you know, Drew Aller at Penn State, Brady Cookie, even at uh, Missouri. But I think Carson Beck, probably him coming back, him announcing that decision to return for Georgia for 2024. When you couple with the fact, you talk about I'm here at the coaches convention, folks still believe that's the best roster of 1 through 85, and they believe you know, based on some of the guys that entered the portal and based on some of the guys that didn't, that Georgia did a really good job when, you know, when, when push came to shove of, of who they were able to keep in Athens for next season. Yeah, Georgia lost a lot of guys in the portal, but they were not guys expected to be starters or really on the two deep at Georgia. And you're right about Beck. I mean, Beck came back to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. That's why he's back at Georgia. I would imagine he also come, comes back because he thinks he can lead them to a national title. And they did a good job keeping who they wanted to keep. And the question is, they got a meat grinder of a schedule. Like they open with Clemson and then the new SEC schedule does no favors to the old East teams. Like for some of the old West teams, it's the same or maybe even a little bit easier. But for all of the teams that were in the East, it's harder. Like Georgia's going to Oxford next year. They are. The, the, the key though, Andy, is that I think that the, the, for the Georgias, the Alabamas, um, even the LSUs, if you know, if if Baker can kind of fix that defense and kind of you know bring the best out of a guy like Harold Perkins, you're, you're going to be afforded a mulligan or two, and that's why these schedules are going to be so awesome in terms of some of the non-conference games. You know, Georgia opens with Clemson. They also play you know kind of a, a an up-and-coming Georgia Tech team. Obviously, Alabama has the game with Wisconsin. Uh, LSU has two huge games: UCLA and USC. You know. A 10-2 and two team can still make the playoff from the SEC, and then it's going to be about your depth. When you're talking about these teams having to play 17 games, Georgia's depth on the aggregate is typically going to win out. Yeah, and the thing is, and this is what I, I figured out this year, is that even the deepest teams are going to have flaws. And with Georgia, for we sure. saw when, when some of their receivers got hurt, it, it was a little bit harder for them to move the ball against Alabama. And – so they're not going to be perfect. And I think that that makes this exciting. But if you still said what, who has the best percentage chance of winning a national title, I think you're right about, about Georgia. Your number two team, though, is fascinating to me for a bunch of reasons. You've got Texas at number two. Now, I'm with you that I think Texas has done a great job developing the talent they have. This is a, a, you know, that big offensive line class is coming of age. Kelvin Banks will be a junior. DJ Campbell will be a junior. And then... They're going to lose some some really talented players off the defense, but they have a bunch ready to step in. They do, and and you know, I, and they they're going to lose both of their top two receivers. You know, Xavier uh, Worthy and Ad Mitchell are, are both headed to the NFL. But this is a group that you know they signed. 
I think a couple five stars and a couple other blue chippers that, you know, got their feet wet this year, kind of getting in some backup roles. Playmaker is not going to be a problem uh, for Texas. CJ Baxter is going to be another, you know, another year in the system at running back. And, and I think that, you know, some of the moves Texas has now done some of the supplemental adding out of the transfer portal that we've seen these best teams do, who is one of the best edge rushers to enter the portal. Trey Moore from UTSA, guy who, you know, was one of the sack leaders in the country uh, a year ago. Texas is not going to lack edge pressure. And so with him, the continuity with that staff, you keep a guy like Bo Davis in Austin. I mean, maybe Texas won't finish number two, but I think they have as high of an upside um, as almost any in the country next season. Well, let me ask you this, because this is a thought I had watching the Sugar Bowl, and this is actually why I picked Washington over Texas in the Sugar Bowl. When Quinn Ewers is good, he's really good. When Quinn Ewers is bad, it's really bad. Is there a chance Arch winds up starting for Quinn? I, I, I absolutely. I mean, you can't rule that out. Uh, and that, that luxury, Andy, there's just not a lot of other schools that have that, you know, I yeah. mean, I mean, Georgia, feels probably pretty good about their backup situation now that they got uh, Malavieva from, uh, from, yeah. uh, UNLV. from UNLV. I mean, that, yeah. that, that kind of – that really gives them, you know, some, some insurance there. But most teams but Arch just don't Manning have that is luxury. the best insurance. Right. Yeah. But, but most teams just don't have that luxury. Texas has that. And, and when you're talking – and I agree with you. I mean, I, I think, you know, Quinn's highs are as high as any. But his lows, you know, you're, you're dipping down into the basement there. Um, yeah. and so if that consistency lacks it, it, it who is to say that, 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 uh, Steve Sarkeesian wouldn't turn and say, Hey, let's hand the, let's hand the keys to the, you know, the heir apparent already. Well, and I also think you have to, you have to give that assurance to Arch. You have to make sure Arch feels okay with that, that he has a chance to, to either win the starting job or if, if there's any faltering at all can step in because otherwise you're not, hang, you know, I don't know if you want to hang around for another year. And he's right. he's there, and like the one thing with SC, and Texas is an SEC school now, so we have to remember this. With the SEC schools, you cannot play next year at an SEC school if you didn't enter the portal this past window, which is now closed. So he's there probably, and I think that he's got to have a chance. There has to be a path for him to play if things don't quite work out with Quinn. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, I, I think w when you're, when you're just circling these, these, this is way too early. We're, we're, we're sitting here talking about, you know, stuff that's going to happen in September, October here in January. Um, t Texas feels really good about its quarterback situation, whether it is Quinn or Arch to, to you know, start the 2024 season. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun. And, they're going to enter the SEC with massive expectations, which I kind of love. I, I like I like that Texas has massive it, which, and I'm sure the Oklahoma fans are like, how come we don't? We're the ones that all, that usually beat them. Well, and and you did beat them last year, but Oklahoma's a an interesting. We'll talk about them in a second, but let's talk about Alabama right now because you got them number three, and the Crimson Tide just had a situation where they probably would have won the Rose Bowl, and I think they would have beaten Washington had they won the Rose Bowl but they could not snap the ball effectively in the Rose Bowl, and they did not have a backup center that they felt like they could put in in that situation. Again, this is just like I was talking about with Georgia and the banged-up receivers. Nobody's perfect anymore. There are no perfect rosters. There, there are no super-deep teams. So for if you're Nick Saban, how do you build the most perfect thing you can with what you got? Yeah, and, and for me, this is kind of betting on – when I'm making this projection, I'm betting on a year two leap with Milrow, you know, mm -hmm. making that ascension under a second season, you know, as kind of the anointed dude uh, under Tommy Reese. And then Andy, I mean, guys at our company are, are as high as anybody on, you know, Justice Haynes and oh, yeah. Jam Miller. And so the, the fact that these, you know, two blue chip tailbacks really only got kind of a, a cup of water you know, th this year, I think they're going to be drinking out of the hose uh, it, next season. I mean, they're going to be the guys. And so you add them, plus I think Caleb Downs in that defense just isn't going to take a step back, regardless of who fills in for Kevin Steele at D.C. 
So the Justice Haynes thing was interesting to me. It reminds me a little bit of when they gave Derrick Henry a little more run in the Sugar Bowl against Ohio State after not using him very much in 2014. And I think we're going to see a lot of Justice Haynes early on based on the flashes we saw in the Rose Bowl, which, you know, those of us who follow recruiting and obviously at on three, we all do. We're very excited to see what he could be. And I kind so I, I kind of thought it was almost like uh twenty eight or twenty seventeen eighteen Najee Harris Najee, didn't you kind of yeah. get those vibes like in the in the national championship game a little I, bit? Well, I so the Najee thing in the national championship game I always felt like was Saban saying I want to make Tua more comfortable by playing the back he usually plays with in practice with the I gotcha. twos. I, that's what I always thought that was Henry. Like I know what the situation with Henry was. I, I, I talked to his high school coach about it. Year, uh, the, the year he won the Heisman Henry went to Saban and was like, look, I'm leaving if you don't use me. And they did. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, Worked I out. just think good. Exactly. So, so we saw justice Haynes and what a little bit of what he can do. I think it's a reason to get excited, but another, another group that should be excited. You're, you're number four. This is the one that I think moving to a new conference, they've got the NIL thing going better than almost anybody. They've been great in the transfer portal, but they're still getting blue chippers out of the, out of the high school ranks. The Oregon ducks, Dylan Gabriel's coming, you know, Oklahoma had to choose a quarterback, had to be Jackson Arnold or Dylan Gabriel. They choose Jackson Arnold who has more eligibility remaining, but Dylan Gabriel joins a very talented roster. Quack, quack, Andy. I'm all aboard. Exactly. I'm all exactly. aboard the duck train. I, I think that this is that this is kind of a – they're almost hitting like the perfect storm, I think. Um, they're going to enter a conference where they arguably will have, if not them or either Ohio State, the best one through 85 um, in the conference. They do have a veteran quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. You get a nice backup, at least with a high upside, in Dante Moore. And then they've done a Dan Lanning's done a great job at you know convincing guys, um, and NIL certainly is is plays a part of it. Oregon is as, is as aggressive as any collective in the country, but of convincing guys to say, hey, let's come back to school. So Tez Johnson, you know, Bo Nix is top, one of his top receivers a year ago. Yep. He's coming back to school. You get Jordan Birch, the five star you got out of uh, South Carolina, transfer defensive lineman. He's coming back to school. Uh, the linebackers coming back. So you're getting a lot of returning production. You're adding another top 10, top five recruiting class. And we're, we're seeing that they're, you know, they're, they're kicking the tires on, on some guys that are as good as any in the portal, including mm-hmm. Evan Stewart. You land him, yep. quack, quack. Well, <laughs> and you've got a Big Ten trio there at 456, and you're going to make people mad because you have Ohio State ahead of Michigan there. And the Ohio State thing's fascinating to me because – listen, existential crisis after three consecutive losses to Michigan. The Kyle McCord thing is as weird as it gets. He's gone. They're bringing in Will Howard. Now Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss joining up with the Buckeyes. They're probably going to make some more staff changes, it sounds like. So this could be a really different-looking team than the one we saw against Missouri or the one the last time we saw him full strength against Michigan. What was the what was the old Andy Staples computer rankings? What were those? The A oh, the, A dot the, S dot the Andy S Staples rankings? show computer laptop organized win nexus. Uh, I think we'll that, you, I I we'll would have done pretty good out. with that, right? If I put yeah, the team I mean, that's never been in the Big Ten at four, yes, against the team that had traditionally won the Big Ten at five, but has lost it three years in a row to the team that just won the national championship at six. I think. <laughs> I think I did pretty well on those rankings. You, 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 by your metrics. Yes, you set it up for maximum outrage. Maximum outrage is beautiful. But uh, the 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 the, the Ohio State's fascinating because I I I think I'm going to have a piece coming out on this later in the week, just kind of what they've done in the portal. To me, Andy, and you can speak to this. You maybe we can bounce. I can bounce this my idea off in real time. It certainly seems like. Ryan Day, for a guy who's lost less than 10 games, is feeling as much heat as anybody, and he is now reverting back to kind of what uh, I think Urban Meyer's offense was, which is it's less like let's have the firepower, you know, throwing the bombs down the field. Let's get physical and start grinding it out with the quarterback run game. I think they're going to run Will Howard. I think they're going to feed the rock now to Quinshawn Judkins. Maybe McLaughlin plays guard instead of center because he can't snap the ball but he's a quality at least you know just 
when it comes he's to He's a blocking, very good blocker. You're talking about Seth McLaughlin part, from, right. from Alabama, yeah. McLaughlin. Yeah, he's yeah. got that part right. It's just the the, the snapping that was the, the issue. So it, t- it seems to me like they're going back to kind of that, that Ohio State ground and pound, which was the Buckeyes' path to success. It's almost as if that's what Big wins Ten in the Big titles. Ten traditionally and, and now. It's almost yeah. as if that's what won the national title last night. Yeah, and you know what? And Ohio State had some great receivers then too, and so it's not to say that they're not going to throw the ball to the likes of, oh, the number one player in on threes rankings, Jeremiah Smith, who they were able to hold on to. It, this is go- I think Ohio State will be one of the most fascinating teams between now and this time next year to see what happens. Oh, yeah. Now, we can't go through all 25, obviously, but I, I got a couple that I want to ask you about. So you've got LSU at 13, and I, th- I find LSU very interesting. Obviously, they've had to replace the, the two coordinators. Uh, one one got fired, one left. Blake Baker from Missouri comes in. <laughs> the crazy – like, Blake Baker was a position coach who got fired from LSU on Ed Orgeron's staff, not because of anything he did wrong, but they were firing the whole staff. And now they bring him back as a big-money coordinator – after a really good year at Missouri, but can he make that defense halfway functional? Because they're going to have a good offensive line. Garrett Nussmeyer seems like a, a, a quality quarterback. They're probably I don't know if they'll have the, the receivers they had with Malik Neighbors and, and Brian Thomas, but they're going to have good receivers. Like, Can he make that defense even average? It hadn't been average the last two years. It's, it's been awful uh, the last two years. It's yeah. been terrible. It is pretty funny, though, to, 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 to kind of – put a hammer on the nail that you you, you just kind of spike there. Brian Kelly de- determined that Blake Baker wasn't good enough to be on his staff just, you know, uh, 18, 12, 24 months ago. And now he brings him back as the highest paid DC in the country. This is, you know, sometimes it pays to be in the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, Baker did that with, with the returns he got at, at, at Missouri. Um, I, I, th- I think the, the, key, the key is, Andy, are they just going to unleash Harold Perkins? Mm-hmm. And can they get better production out of these blue chippers um, that they have on the defensive line? Because those guys have just not uh, delivered the results. The other thing is the big sore spot has been the secondary. They keep Which is grabbing wild all these at LSU. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is form, formerly DBU, and and it's been transfer portal U, but it's really been bust U. You yeah. know, these guys have just come in and just they've just sprung a leak, and, and so they have to get those two parts right. Blake Baker did more with less with the Tigers the last two years, um, so if he has a little bit more blue chip options to work with, I know they're trying to hit the portal. I have full confidence that LSU is going to be fine offensively. Replacing Denbrock is going to be a challenge, but – you know, uh, they, 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 they're they they're kind of a pivot team. They could go up or down. You mentioned how much fun the Big 12 and the ACC could be, not necessarily in terms of the national title race, but listen, the champions of these leagues are probably going to be the three and the four seed in the 12-team playoff because of the way the rules are set up. The Big 12 is crazy because Arizona comes in. Utah's got Cam Rising back. Kansas State, I, I'm all in on Avery Johnson. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go. I predict. I made JD Pickell pr- predict who he thought would win each conference, and I picked Kansas State in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State, like they're they're almost always good. They got Alan Bowman back. Kansas, Lance Leipold doesn't seem to be slowing down. Like Jalen Daniels is back. That league's gonna be wild. You know what that, that what's that quote from the Da Vinci Code where he's like Scatoma, the the mind chooses what it's. The mind sees what it chooses to see. That's yes. kind of how I see the Big Twelve. I mean, it's like you you just named half you know half a dozen teams, and you can create you, whatever you want to see. That path is there for you to that yeah. vision is there. You can storyboard it out, and, and so any of those teams could win the Big Twelve. It, that's going to be a fascinating conference. You mentioned Alan Bowman. I mean, it's going to be. I think it's going to be the Ali. You know, the Gordon Show again. Uh, yep. for the Pokes because they, they they convinced him to come back. I, I'm not unconvinced that the Gus bus down at you know UCF, um, KJ could, Jefferson, could at, baby. Yeah, could at least uh, enter the fray there as a potential contender. So really, really fun league. I the, 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 as you said, the fact that one of those teams may be the three or four seed is is probably absurd. Uh, but you know, that's the situation. Got, we're Got to keep with, those so. conference championship games interesting. And they certainly will keep them interesting. Uh, you had the ACC. So you've got 
Florida State 17, Clemson 18, Louisville 19, and Miami at 21. Miami's the one for me that I feel like if they ever put it all together, this this could be a league they can take over. I, Clemson, their refusal to, to work in the portal, I, I, I feel like it's still going down. I'm interested to see how Florida State reloads. So Clemson seems to have like a December through February problem right now. Miami seems to have a, you know, March through November problem. Yeah. So it's like, which, which one works out? Crystal ball's got all the talent, but the development and the in-game coaching on, you know, those September Saturdays is just what's plagued the program. Clemson, their, their roster is just not where it was when Dabo had these teams winning national championships. I'll tell you the fan base that is, Lighting my mentions on fire, though, Andy. The NC State Wolfpack. Oh yeah, are feisty and 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 that they are rabid that I did not uh, include them. And NC State, they were one of the French teams. I didn't have NC State in my top twenty-five. I didn't have USC in my top twenty-five. Both of those teams, whether it's in the spring or whenever that we update these rankings, if if some some other portal dominoes you know, happened, they certainly could find their way into the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is, is we got to see how these things coalesce. Like Florida state's got DJU now. I don't know if DJU is the starting quarterback at Florida state. He still could be Brock Glenn for all we know. And it really just depends on, on what happens in the spring with a lot of these, these quarterback battles. And uh, there's a lot to chew on for these next few months. Jesse, this is going to be a very, very exciting off season. You got some coaches to talk to, so I'm going let to you, let you go talk to them. Tell them all we said hi. I will. I will. That's Jesse Simonton. I'm sure we'll have a few more top 25s. You got, got the one now. Got the pre-spring top 25, the post-spring practice top 25, the pre-media days top 25, the post-media days top 25, the official preseason poll. That ought to get us through the offseason, right? That's enough. Yeah, we got all kinds of stuff. We got we got the NFL draft coming up. We're going to get into college hoops. Speaking of which, if you'd like to get into college hoops right now, I mean right now, open your prize picks app. Well, you don't have the prize picks app? Well, download it right now because it is America's best, easiest, most fun, number one daily fantasy platform. And if you would like to play right now, you absolutely can. So the Texas A&M Auburn basketball game is about to tip off. Here's how prize picks works. You pick squares. So you take a player and you say, I think this player will score more than this set number of points or less than, or have more than this set number of rebounds or less than. So for example, if I'm watching Auburn, Texas A&M, we got Johnny Broom for Auburn. We got Tyrese Radford for Texas A&M. Johnny Broom's point total, 15 and a half. You think he's going to have more than that or less than that tonight? Tyrese Radford, boots. So you going to have more than 11.5 or less than 11.5? That's how you do it. You want to go do some NFL playoffs? You want to have some fun with the NFL playoffs this weekend? Absolutely. Is Joe Flacco elite? It doesn't matter. Can he throw for more than 270 and a half yards? That's what matters on prize picks. Matthew Stafford going to Detroit. Happy homecoming. Jared Goff revenge game. Matthew Stafford, more than or less than 264 and a half yards. This is how you play. So the more squares you pick, the more you can multiply your money. You can start with two, three, four, five. It's all about how much you want to multiply. So download that prize picks app. Use the code Andy. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Code is Andy. They match your first deposit up to $100. You get started. What better time than now? There's a game tipping off in a few minutes. You can be playing prize picks right now. Now, I just mentioned some college players in that prize picks ad. And the college players are getting the NIL money. They're, they're taking advantage of this. But Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, he's been stumping for the players to get a bigger share of what the schools are bringing in from the TV money, the ticket revenue, everything. He doubled down on that the day after the national championship game. He had some really interesting things to say. Let's break down Jim Harbaugh versus the NCAA. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Belay right now. We usually don't spend a lot of time on this show talking about all the changes in the rules and, and what needs to happen next. We, we mentioned it every once in a while, and I think everybody kind of knows where college sports is going, but I thought it was interesting that Jim Harbaugh took a lot of his press conference to celebrate Michigan's national championship, explaining what he thinks needs to change in the sport. And he's been pretty outspoken, but I think it's, it's particularly interesting because of what he's dealt with in the past year, his, animosity towards the NCAA, toward the Big Ten, I think probably informs how he feels about some of this stuff. But I find it intriguing that a lot of times we'll ask Jim Harbaugh questions in press conferences and the answers will be fairly scattershot, almost like he's filibustering, like he, he just wants to get this out of the way, doesn't really want to give us an answer. There was an answer to a question on Tuesday that was clearly planned out that had talking points, which some of which you've heard before, but then he expanded on them. It was organized. It was not what you're used to hearing from Jim Harbaugh, not the style of speech you're used to hearing from Jim Harbaugh. Cause clearly this, this means something to him. I'm not entirely sure it's all out of the goodness of his heart. I think a lot of it is he would like to see the NCAA, maybe the big 10 lose on some stuff that they would like to win. But very intriguing answer from Jim Harbaugh to a question about what he would change in college sport. Maybe in chaos with you know all the stuff, NIL, transfer portals, the playoff format that's changing. Do you think it's a sustainable model? And if you could change one thing about college football, what would it be? The thing I would change about college football is to let the talent share in the ever-increasing revenues. Um, I mean, it's, we're all robbing the same train. And the ones that are, you know, in the position to, you know, do the heavy lifting, the ones that, uh, you know, risk life and limb out there on a football field are, are the players. And, um, and not, just, not just football players, student athletes. Um, the organizations are fighting hard to, Keep all the money, the universities, the NCAA, the, um, the, the conferences. And it's, it's long past time to let the student athletes share in the ever increasing revenues. I mean, it's billions. I mean, I, I keep reading, reading facts and uh, about how much money's being made. I mean, product placement. Yeah, I can't have a, a can of a different kind of soda up here. I got to, Put it into a, uh, a cup here. Jim Harbaugh's a Diet Coke guy. CFP's a Dr. Pepper event. So, yeah, can't have his can of Diet Coke up on the podium during the national championship press conference. But what he points out, stuff he's been saying, the robbing the same train quote, you heard that on Saturday. Harbaugh's been talking about this stuff for a while, but clearly antagonistic. You know he does not like the NCAA. They've been investigating him over this cheeseburger gate thing for over a year now. And I think that relationship is, is, is not real good. So my guess is part of this is out of a desire to see the NCAA, which has been fighting legally for a long time, to see them lose. He would like to see these people lose. But he's not wrong about everybody trying to fight to protect their money and the thing is there's more money coming into the system there's an espn report on monday night that the new playoff the 12 team playoff the new contract that starts in 2026 could fetch 1.3 billion dollars a year that's almost a billion dollars more than the old one did so there is continually more money coming into the system you know about the new big 10 tv deals you know about the new sec tv deals so he's right there's more money to spread around if they start spreading this to some of the players, they probably don't get sued as often. But 
You could also just let the man have his Diet Coke. Uh, I mean, everybody, everybody is, uh, you know, they're, they're maximizing every single revenue source there is, and, um, but they're not sharing it with the, with the talent. I mean, and, and there's, no, there's no business that that would, would ever fly. I mean, the Supreme Court has said the same thing. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big one. Yeah, would, uh, I would change that one. And there needs to be a voice for the, for the, uh, the young people, the student athletes. Right now, there is no voice. I mean, there are armies of attorneys, uh, and I've seen them, you know, at the NCA, seen them at the universities, um, the conferences. And then, you know, if they don't have enough, if they don't have enough firepower legally, then they go out and hire, uh, you know, the tall building uh, law firms, and they get more firepower. It's just, um, but there's no, there's no voice for the student athletes right now, and that just needs to change. That's a, a wrong needs to be righted. Yeah, we read the legal back and forth when the Big Ten suspended Jim Harbaugh over the, the sign-stealing accusations. And the Big Ten had a lot of legal firepower. Michigan hired legal firepower to help Jim Harbaugh. But he's absolutely right. The NCAA, the conferences, they keep hiring ever more expensive lawyers to protect their money when they could just get to what they're going to inevitably get to anyway. He mentioned the Supreme Court there. There was a 9 nothing verdict in the Supreme Court a few years ago in the Alston case that, look, we know where this is going to go. You know how this story ends. And, you know, with Jim Harbaugh, I think a lot of people are thinking, well, he's out of here. He's going to the NFL anyway. This is him just sort of burning the bridges on the way out. I don't know about that. I also don't know if he's necessarily going to the NFL. I just – I do think he is – calculated in the way he looks at this and there's a kind of right side of history thing going on here where that is where it's going to go so him being the first major coach to advocate the way he is for this to have this platform and use it that way i do think there's a, there's a little bit of calculated effort there but i think he also really believes this and probably great for good for recruiting if we look at it that way probably i would imagine recruits hear these comments and say, you know what, I'd rather play for him than a coach who says, well, I quit before the schools can pay the players. A few, a few coaches have said that, by the way. So what is Jim Harbaugh's solution? And you know, I'm starting to compile a list of you know, just the excuses that people give, you know, for not. It's complicated. Uh, well, what about this? What about that? Uh, all I know is there's, there's plenty there. There's some, there's some, I have simple math. I mean, I, anybody that's profiting off of the student athletes, <clears throat> me included, um, anybody who's drawing a salary, making a livelihood, a lot of people sitting here robbing the same train as well, that uh, it could take five to 10% less of, of what they're getting. Every organization, university, you know, a lot of them that are, you know, collecting that money tax-free. At least if you gave it to these guys, it'd go back into the economy, uh, you know, through, through taxes. Um, the NCA, the conference commissioner, you know, uh, the Big Ten office, all the conferences, you know, 5 to 10% into a pool. Uh, that's one way. And things happen fast this year. You saw it. I mean, people say it's complicated or it takes time. Uh, we saw a lot of change, you know, in one year, just this year. Uh, a, whole, a whole conference went into the portal um, overnight. Look at Jim Harbaugh trying to grow the economy, trying to grow the GDP by spreading it out. When he said these guys, he's talking Blake Corum and Will Johnson were on either side of him as he was saying this. Uh, the 5 to 10% thing is interesting. I think it would actually cost more than that, ultimately, if you if you fully game out what Jim Harbaugh is talking about, where you know players have a union, there's a collective bargaining agreement. It'll be more than 5 to 10% that they'd be sharing with the players, although they are 
remember they are paying scholarships, that sort of thing. So that percentage is a little higher as it is already. But the five to 10% thing is interesting because let's say Jim Harbaugh stayed at Michigan. The new contract that's on the table for him, if he were to take five, for ten, five to 10% off of that, he would still be making more than he's making now. So he's going to do fine one way or the other. Don't you worry about Jim Harbaugh. But he's also not wrong about all the excuses they make and about how complicated it is and how you can't do this and you can't do that. But when it's their money, when they're worried about not being as economically sound as a, what they consider to be a peer institution, well, they're happy to make knee-jerk decisions. He's right about the Pac-12. That happened over a crumbled overnight. Now, the things that led to when Oregon and Washington decided to go to the Big Ten, when Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah decided to go to the Big 12, those happened over a period of years. But all of the stuff, the, the big decisions happened over a period of weeks. So it's not as complicated as they think. If you really want to make a new system, just go make a new system. If you're tired of getting sued, well, just listen to Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, these things could... These things could happen. Um, hopefully, there'd be some real, I don't know, where, where there, I mean, for a long time, people say, you know, they, the, the unionizing would be bad. I mean, maybe it's that if, if people aren't going to do it, if they're not going to do it out of their own goodwill and do what's right, I mean, that's, that's probably the next step. Um, you think, you think, <clears throat> Got nothing against unions, so that's that's the next step, fellas. I mean, I think that's that's the way you got to go. Um, that's what I'd like to see change, you know, in college athletics. So funny story from our friend Sam Schwartzstein, and we need to have Sam on the show. Uh, he's a brilliant football mind. He played center for Harbaugh at Stanford. If you watch the Amazon NFL games on Thursday nights, Sam is on the alternate broadcast where they show you all the advanced stats. Again, he's brilliant. But he tells these hilarious Harbaugh stories. One of them is about how Harbaugh tried to convince the Stanford players they were the ones that who needed to unionize first and that they're smart guys and they could they could help college athletes all across the country. And then he got to the real reason why he wanted them to unionize. And that's because he wanted the players to say, well, we would like to negotiate so that we could have more than 20 hours of football per week because the NCAA only allows you to to practice them. 20 hours a week, meet 20, the, the practices, meetings, they have a kind of defined amount of stuff you can do within those 20 hours a week. And so Harbaugh wanted them to unionize so they could negotiate more hours into the CBA so that they had more hours to game plan. So again, not entirely altruistic, but also kind of understanding probably of where these things are going. And you're not going to get an antitrust exemption from Congress if you are the schools, if you are the conferences. So if you're tired of getting sued, there is a way to fix that, and that is to negotiate with the players. The reason the NFL players aren't constantly suing the NFL, they have a collective bargaining agreement. Everything is governed by that. They go to arbitration if they have disputes. That's what you could have in college sports. It's not cut and dried. It's not easy. But again... When it's the school's money on the line, they they seem to make decisions pretty quickly. And there are some court cases coming down the pipe where their money's going to be on the line and they're going to need to make some decisions pretty quickly. So this is something that we could see what Jim Harbaugh is saying come to fruition. Now, the, the question is going to be, is Jim Harbaugh going to be in college sports to find out how all this works or Will he be in the NFL where they already have a CBA and a players association and everybody already knows how all of it works? It's a good question. In fact, let's talk to Clayton Safey of the Wolverine about that, about JJ McCarthy's decision and about what happens next at Michigan Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
After a historic national title. Joined by Clayton Safey of the Wolverine. It's been well, about 16 hours now since Michigan won the national title. Uh, we, we've heard from Jim Harbaugh and Blake Corum and, and Will Johnson. Mm-hmm. They're still happy. Newsflash. But now comes the next part. What happens with Jim Harbaugh? What, what, so what is the expectation in Ann Arbor about what happens next over the next two weeks? I think the expectation is that things kind of go pretty similar to how they have the last couple off seasons. I mean, he hired Don Yee, high-powered NFL agent. Um, so I would imagine that Don Yee's been doing some things behind the scenes. And really, to me, it's more about to make sure that Jim Harbaugh has every option that he could possibly have. Right. It doesn't mean he's not going to come back to Michigan. I think he probably could have gone to Denver last year, decided not to. That's you know my opinion. I think others share that. He wanted to go to Minnesota the year before, but couldn't. So I think that, you know, he's unpredictable. Um, I would not be surprised if he's coaching an NFL team next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's coaching in spring ball in March. He's moving it back a month, he said. It, it, exactly. That was, that was the thing. It's, it's funny because everybody took that different ways. Some people were like, oh, that means he's definitely staying. Some people were like, no, that's so that they can get everything in place after he leaves. Or that he, he right. could be. <laughs> I said this to you after the banquet when, you know, everyone was reading yep. into those comments. He operates as if he's going to be in his current job. And really, there's no other way to operate. Like, he doesn't no. have another job. Like, yeah. he's going to plan. Like, you know, people, he was planning at this time last year, renovations for Schembechler Hall and all that. Uh, I, I said this to you on the show a month ago, but I think it's, it bears repeating it. He, like, got a new lease on a car. Like, he got a Tahoe and turned in his truck. And everyone's like, okay, he's staying. Uh, that was two years ago. Interviews with Minnesota. Like, so all I'm saying is that this guy operates and, and works his current job until he doesn't have right. another one, even if there are things going on behind the scenes. And, look, I, I think that's just kind of what this is. And we don't know. I mean, we don't know what his preference would be of NFL teams if there's a, a situation where I'll go to that one but not that one. Well, and, he, So he told Gatlin Bear, top 100 wide yeah. receiver, uh, and this was story was in The Athletic. From Idaho. Then, yes, from Idaho, which Michigan is trying to get a stronghold on. And really, you know, Colson Loveland, they have one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he, he told this to The Athletic, and then he also said it to our E.J. Holland over at the Wolverine that Jim Harbaugh was straight up with him, basically saying that, yeah, if there's a job that gives me everything that I would want, I would consider that. Yeah. And Blake Corum said it today. I mean, J.J. McCarthy said it in the past. Like, these guys are in a similar spot. The NFL is interested in them. Harbaugh mentioned that <laughs> yeah, in the funny. press conference today. And they understand that, like, he's a coveted coach he's a fantastic coach he's he's a legendary coach at this point he's gonna have different people coming after him so that's not a bad thing you would prefer that probably over the alternative even though it adds some more drama well right i mean when they were trying to run him out of town three years ago now he's like oh now you're mad at me for for wanting to look around (laughs) exactly and and it's funny because you think about it like the washington job which you would say normally they've been so bad but they're under new ownership yeah you'd be in the same metro area as john harbaugh you would not be in the same conference as john Jack harbaugh he could move into the area exactly also you got the second pick so you can get a quarterback like when you look at some of these situations you could go to, you know if you go to the chargers you get to coach justin herbert there are definitely some some attractive situations out there but you know it's also attractive coaching at the University of Michigan in 2024 because the contract's on the table. We know that. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd make him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. He's willing to take the pay cut. If not, if, if, if he's going to get more players, we'll talk well, about it. Well, as long as we do, too. Yeah, we'll, we, we, will, we will do that, Even too. though Will Johnson and Blake Corum make more than I do, at least. I, well, probably <laughs> me, too. Uh, but I, I do think he's, gonna, he's got a situation where if he comes back, they, they can run this thing back. This is not a... a question of will they have the talent they do lose a lot but it is amazing when you think about what they're bringing back you mm-hmm. know especially like along the defensive line uh skill position guys we'll see with jj for sure jj's the big one blake's obviously gone donovan edwards will have a decision had a big game last yeah. night um but think of the sophomore class though will johnson was sitting up there today yep. we mentioned him a couple times but mason graham kenneth grant yep. your guy oh yeah um who had just I mean, the bull rush in the sack was it was incredible. Yep. Um, but that sophomore class is really good. Well, there, and I was I was watching their offensive line warm up before the game and thinking, there's a bunch of dudes that are really good athletes mm-hmm. here, who we haven't seen on the field yet. Yeah, and a lot of those guys now that Sharon Moore is a few years into being offensive line yeah. coach were handpicked by him, and starting to be developed by him as well. 
it is funny. The O line is going to have some change here, um, but you know, look, Trevor Keegan wasn't a starter until he was a starter. Yeah. Jack's interesting same thing. Uh, so I think that there'll be, you know, it'll be new faces. I think people may, might be a little uneasy about that, and we'll see what they do else in the portal. But this team is going to have a lot of talent back. I think the portal. Uh, I think Jamal Banks, Wake Forest receiver, he's going to decide this coming week. We'll have more on that at the Wolverine.com this week. So they're going to get more from the portal. Yeah, they have a lot of talented players that are going to come back. This is a team that can compete for the national title next year. Well, right, and Michigan's one of those that they've done well strategically recruiting out of the portal. When they find a spot they need to fill, they yes. fill it. And it's interesting because they are one of the teams. So the SEC has that rule where if you want to transfer to another SEC school, you have to enter the portal during the, the winter window. Okay. You can't do it in the post-spring window. Michigan's one of those teams players from the SEC would want to transfer to. So you could potentially get them after the spring if there's, some pretty, if there's somebody you like. And so and that's that may include quarterback. Too. Right. And this week at the national title game, as you would expect, from what we have gathered, has been a pretty big week for Michigan's NIL efforts as mm -hmm. well. I know that's been an issue for them in the yeah. past, um, you know, amazingly at a program like Michigan. But they're starting to get that together, and, and again, we'll have more on that this week as well. But Michigan's starting to kind of get that support, and I think that could help Portal and guys returning too. They started the Those Who Stay campaign yeah. where guys are going to be able to be compensated like a Donovan Edwards, Jr. Colson, if they decide to come back. So you're looking at, you know, the other teams are maybe ahead of them in the portal back in December, but these teams that were in the playoff, I think, are going to play a little yeah. catch-up here. And the retention piece of it is is huge. more important with NIL than I think most people realize. I yep. think people look at it in terms of recruiting, be it out of high school or be it out of the portal. Retaining your best players is the best money you can spend in NIL. Well, we saw that come to fruition Monday night. Yes, uh, for both teams. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. There were there were some good pieces that I read this this week on that as well from Washington side, which I didn't know about till this week. Yeah, they were very efficient. Like they sure. don't have the, the most money in the world, but they're like, let's keep our offensive line together and make sure our quarterbacks here. They yeah. win the Joe Moore Award. <laughs> the quarterback finishes runner up in the Heisman, and yeah. they make the the national title game. You know, and I will say too, the Michigan players that that came back, it wasn't really all for NIL. Like I think the Keegans and Zinters and Corums were going to yeah. come back anyway for different situations. Corum was hurt and everything. I will say this before you you continue with yeah. that. That the culture they have mm -hmm. and the, the bond that this team seems to have, you can kind of get a discount on NIL if the guys like playing together. For sure. I think I think they're doing that right now. I, you know, Michigan fans are hoping they don't they can just do both, right? Yeah, exactly. Pay them well and uh, and get the guys to, to buy into the culture and everything. And hey, maybe that's that's harder to do, and maybe that's why they part you know why they won this national championship. Uh, but just a little off topic. I don't think they win this national title last night if they didn't lose to TCU last year because that sparked a lot I of guys. I saw you back. tweeted about that. You, you, you reposted the Robert Griffin third yep. tweet of J.J. McCarthy watching the purple confetti fall yeah. in Arizona. And I, let, yeah, let's expand on that a little bit because I'm, I'm curious. What about that loss provided lessons that, that they used this year? I think it's the lessons and I think – it is part of, as we've talked about, those guys, some of the guys coming back. If they would have made the national title game, look, they would have had a shot to beat Georgia. They probably weren't going to beat that yeah. Georgia team, especially on that night. But, you know, so maybe they got their national title there. Probably not, right? I mean, right. they were underdogs. You know, Georgia looked incredible against TCU. Um, but that's probably a two-year run that ends with a national title game loss, Blake Corn, maybe some other guys leaving. Now it's a three-year run, and the scars that they built up from right. those games drove them towards this so it, it drove jj mccarthy who had you know kind of you know tough game in, in certain respects against tcu a good game in others uh but made some costly mistakes obviously as we all know the other guys not you know the offensive line didn't play well so i think it drove those guys from this time last year it was january 8th when blake Corum decided mm -hmm. to come back and others followed him um so they just talked about it and talked about it in the the food menus up at schembechler hall said Houston or bust on every single day <laughs> so he, he, we're in Houston that's they won right. the national title it's it's crazy to say but I do think that Michigan fans should almost look back fondly on this is a three-year story yeah and you don't get the third Big Ten championship maybe you still do but you, you don't get this national title without those losses to Georgia and TC yeah because I, I do think if they'd made the national title game last year there would have been some satisfaction there okay absolutely we won been. a playoff game we got over that particular yep. hump I can go now. 100%. Let's talk about J.J. and his decision, because mm -hmm. I came out of the game last night saying he needs to come back for another year. Yeah. I mean, that was not his best game. He's had, 
you know, some some games here down the stretch, and I know he was hurt at the end of the regular yeah. season, and, and I think it was much worse from what we've heard too. Than oh, the the way they say. the way they shut things down in the Penn State game, yep. because they were worried about protecting him. Th- that tells you they were very worried about his condition for sure. And yeah. even in this game, they everyone's like, wait. If you don't run him in the second half of the national title game, which they started to do a little bit, mm-hmm. when are you going <laughs> to run right. him? But he's he's fragile a little bit because he is a smaller quarterback. But I, I think he could use another year. I think he also you you've said it. NFL scouts oh. in there was there's one throw in the game where you're like, that's it. I've seen all I need to see. <laughs> like he's they, ready to go. He doesn't the way the offense is built. There's not all these opportunities, so he can yeah. do all the things you yeah. want an NFL quarterback to do. Maybe not as consistently as you want him to do. Um, but I, I think he has to see him play in a more pass-happy offense for a year, but that's not going to happen. Right? There's no he comes like, like the whether it's Jim Harbaugh or Sharon Moore running the program. Like that yeah. ain't happening. <laughs> it's going to be Michigan football. I also yeah. do find it funny that if there were people complaining about you know just the way the game went, second, third quarter, maybe last night, yeah. it's like, well, you haven't watched much Michigan football. That was Michigan. <laughs> Football, they do. They? they do have these little droughts that they, do. that they get into, but they eventually wear you down, and yes. that's exactly what they did to Washington. Right. So that, I just thought that was a funny, uh, funny aspect of the game as well. It's like, welcome to Michigan football, <laughs> and also welcome to the Big Ten, Washington. Yes, that's how the games are going to go. Um, but no, I think JJ. You know, I would have said coming into this game, leaning towards leaving, I would probably still say that maybe around the fifty percent mark. Yeah, it sounded like, especially during the pre-Rose Bowl run-up. Yeah, that he was. He's definitely thinking, I am good enough to go right now, that I'm as good as these guys that are in the, the quarterback draft class right now. And, and you saw Michael Penix Jr., who is another member of this quarterback draft class, mm-hmm. did not have the greatest night against right. Michigan. And he'll have his own issues. He's got you know medical stuff, the, the three season-ending injuries when he was in yeah. Indiana. So we'll see what happens. But there's no clear – like under because the Drake May stuff has changed a little bit. So there's no clear – path or pecking order under Caleb Williams right now. Right. Jaden Daniels, um, you know, Drake May. Penix. Yeah. And, and depending on how many quarterbacks go in the top 10, top 15, like J.J. McCarthy could be the number four quarterback off the board at number 15 or 18 right. or whatever it would be Yeah. in this class. Uh, it, but the next year... We could year, go in the Will Levis slot la- like last year and could, wind up a starter. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you don't know. Uh, but he also could come back and it's funny when you win a national title, it is like in a, to a certain extent, he's kind of accomplished everything he, he wanted to do here. Yeah. Um, so I think that is going to play a part. I think other decisions, including Jim Harbaugh, could play a part. But J.J. has now less than a week yeah. where he has to decide. So Yeah, Harbaugh's we'll, we'll decision may stretch out longer than, than right. J.J. has time for. But J.J. may have an idea of what could be coming, I yeah. think, with, you know, if there are interviews and that sort yeah. of thing. So that, um, you know, other decisions from, from different guys. Because I think part of last year, too, did not to keep going back to it, but a lot of those guys came back because the other guys were coming back. Right. Keegan and Zinter were a package deal. Yeah. And, and so on. So I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of what dominoes fall first and, and when they fall and, and all that. Well, there's probably going to be a parade. Saturday. Do, do you love a parade? I love a parade. Everybody loves yeah. a parade. Haven't been to many, though. Oh. Same with Harbaugh. I don't know if I've ever been to a parade. I, well, I've been I'm to trying parades. to imagine Harbaugh Fourth on a parade. Of July parade. So does Harbaugh sit in a convertible and, and do the, the pageant wave? Is that how we're going to do it? He probably will. I, I think back to like when I played high school football and we had the homecoming parade and everybody's just like in the bed of a pickup truck. Right. I feel like the the personality of this team, that's how it should be. Like find find like your local Ford dealer. Yeah. And everybody piles into the pickup truck beds. That and, actually and just, probably will happen. And they're just, hey. <laughs> right. That, that probably will happen. Um, it's going to be freezing on Saturday, but <laughs> you wouldn't have it any other way. It's of January. Of course. Michigan. January in Michigan. It's parade weather. That's right. Clayton, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you to Clayton Safey. We'll be talking to those Wolverine guys quite a bit over the next few weeks because they, there are things to, to be determined. Jim Harbaugh's future, J.J. McCarthy's future, you name it. So we'll talk about the defending national champs. Boy, I, I'm sure the Michigan fans love the sound of that. They are, the well, the reigning national champs. And next year, they'll be the defending national champs. But... I'm sure if you know a Michigan man, they will remind you of that fairly frequently. It's all right. They earned it. 15 and 0. Undeniable. Guys, it's been a lot of fun. I'm leaving Houston. Be back home on Wednesday for a Dear Andy show. So we want your questions. You know how to find me. 
I'm like Dion. I ain't hard to find. Andy underscore Staples on Twitter. Andy underscore Staples on Instagram. Andy Staples on three at gmail.com. You can email me your question or turn the camera on yourself. Send in the video. We love the video questions. I know you got a lot because there's a lot going on pretty much every day in college football. Listen, the season is officially over, but college football never ends here at On3. Talk to you tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.